Well, as, as Kyle said, we're not going to be shortchanged today. We're going to make more room for the Lord in, uh, in worship today because uh, I shared even last week, last week was Communion Sunday of taking the bread and the cup of communion. But the word communion, I always think of it meaning coming into union with the Lord. And thankfully, because of the blood of Jesus shed at the cross, we can come before him in his glorious presence, standing before his throne anytime, anywhere, because he, we have access through his sacrifice on the cross. And so the early church, church didn't just meet to talk about Jesus, they met with Jesus. And I want to meet with him today. It's in his presence, like Grace shared that we're transformed. And so I just encourage you even now to just be, to keep our hearts open. And we're going to welcome him in, in, um, through worship here in, in a few minutes. Um, I want to make sure you all have the notes because I think these will help you. <clears throat> Again, maybe not so much, well, I'm not going to give you homework or a paper to write on it, but uh, you're used to papers, Trevor. <laughs> welcome, Trevor. Graduate, Trevor Wyatt. Yeah, come on. Well, you won't have a test today, no exams, but the, these notes, if you don't have the notes, just lift your hand. Can you lift, lift your hand, anyone else who'd like them? Um, we're going to pray one more time in a minute. I got an update from Pastor Nate yesterday, our associate pastor. He's in Cambria, California, he and the, the whole family. Um, it's a little cold right now, but that's to keep you awake, so uh, we, may, we may heat it up a little. We, we're not sure when it's 100 degrees out and the sun's hitting the roof what it's going to be. It's kind of this balancing act. <clears throat> but, um, but Nate and the family are doing well there. They're helping. He's helping his dad. and His dad will be retiring soon and uh, continue to pray for his dad's healing. They said they watch by, by the live stream. So, hi, family. Yay, we love you. <laughs> Nate is actually preaching at the Cambria Vineyard today, two services. So before we start, we want to pray for him. Uh, got another update too, little Zeke is walking. Little Jabba the Hutt Zeke, he's now walking. So uh, we have many, many things to be thankful for and, and we love them and miss them and, um, and they do to, uh, with us too, so... Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for, mm, thank you for the way that you, as Kyle even shared, how you are so delighting that we are here with you. You delight in our yes toward you and our gathering before you. We thank you for Nate and Kaylee and Zoe and Zeb and Zeke. We thank you. Would you anoint? Nate, as he shares today on faith out of Acts uh, chapter 12, Lord, would you release faith in those b believers there today and release faith in us today as well to move mountains, to refresh our hearts, to continue to heal bodies and give us health and strength. We welcome you now, Holy Spirit. We thank you for your word. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, as been alluded to today, all over the world, the church is celebrating Pentecost Sunday. 
and also the Jewish Jewish people around the world, those who know Jesus as Messiah and those who don't. It is called Shavuot, or the, um, the Feast of Pentecost, which the Greek word Pentecost, the Greek word for Pentecost is Pentecostos, and it means 50. So 50 days after Passover is this Feast of Pentecost. And, and think of it this way, for the Jewish people, it's like, it was, it's like our Thanksgiving in the fall, the Feast of Pentecost, they're giving thanks to God for the harvest of crops. But for the church and for, for believers, for Christians, and for Messianic Jewish believers, Jews who believe that Jesus is the Messiah, this has a whole complete greater meaning. And that is the day that 50 days after the Lord was crucified and raised again, the Holy Spirit came down in manifested presence in the upper room to the 120. Now, he came as a mighty rushing wind, as fire, and as new wine, bringing gladness and joy to people. And when I say the tangible manifest presence of God, how many of you know God is present everywhere all the time? Right? He's omnipresent. But there are times and places and situations where he is more present in a tangible way. So in that, on that day, 2,000 years ago, 50 days after the cross, the, the believers, in the, the disciples in the upper room physically felt the wind blowing. They physically felt, tangibly. They, they, with their own eyes, they saw tongues of fire coming and resting on the heads of people. And I believe that the Holy Spirit didn't manifest himself as wind, fire, and new wine just that one time. I believe he is still releasing his spirit as wind, as fire, and as new wine. He's still doing that. Maybe not literally like you see fire with your eyes, but spiritually, certainly. When he releases his spirit as wind, we experience a refreshing in our souls. You ever been like so hot and you're like, oh, turn on the fan, get in front of the fan? Well, that's what the wind of the spirit does for our souls, refreshes us. The fire of the spirit, what does fire do? It, it burns stuff up, right? So the fire today brings conviction of sin and deliverance of sin. It burns up the fire, of the, the chaff in our lives of jealousy, envy, unforgiveness, bitterness. It burns up the, you know, the complaining and mumbling. It takes, burns up the Eeyore stuff, right? It's the fire. And then... And then the new wine, when the new wine of the Spirit is poured out, we experience an an abundant, overflowing joy. Joy that is not predicated upon our circumstances always being awesome. Because if our joy was related to always being awesome, it's not going to be awesome a lot of times. So it's joy is a 
release of the spirit. Happiness is something in the soul. But the spirit is when the joy of the Lord touches us. And I've said this a few years ago, um, that God wants us to be thermostats, not thermometers. He's called us to, be, to stay at 70 degrees, whether it's 100 degrees out or whether it's 30 degrees out. He's called us to walk in the Spirit and to stay in the joy of the Lord. You know, the way, I'll just put it this way, tangibly, when the Holy Spirit keeps coming like he did at Pentecost, you feel better all of a sudden. Anybody here know anybody in the room? Whenever you meet him, sometimes they'll say, how you doing? And he'll say, I'm better all of a sudden. Paul, over here. <laughs> and I love that. Because sometimes when I do it, anybody ever had Paul say that? when you, How you doing, Paul? He said, I'm better all of a sudden. You know what he's really saying? I love it. Because he's saying, your presence makes me feel better all of a sudden. And I love that. And that's what his Holy Spirit's, the Holy Spirit's presence does. It makes us feel better. So someone, some of you here today need refreshing. You need the wind to blow in your face as you're... Some of you need fire to convict of sin, to burn up, to deliver. Some of us need the new wine. We need joy because we may be facing something rough. I believe the fountains are opening for the joy of the Lord today. Last week, we allowed more time for worships to kind of open the windows, I said, and let the, let the Lord refresh us and, and touch us and even heal us. For some, even potentially save us if you don't know the Lord. That worked last week, I thought. I thought it was a real neat time we had. So I thought oh, we'll do it again. We'll do that format again today as I share just more briefly today and then give us more time. So um, Roman numeral two there, just a quick review from last week. There, uh, that thanksgiving, praise, and worship we talked about. And we talked about how thanksgiving, it's in your notes, but I'll just say it this way so we can go back through it. Thanksgiving and praise and worship are not all exactly the same thing. Although we might maybe talk about, oh, thanksgiving, praise, worship. Well, they're distinct, they're, they're, they're in the same grouping, but there are differences. It's like colors of a rainbow. You see the colors, but they kind of blend together. To help us understand thanksgiving, praise, and worship, thanksgiving relates to God's goodness. Praise relates to God's greatness. Worship relates to God's holiness. Thanksgiving and praise are primarily utterances with our mouth. Oh, I thank you, God. Oh, you're great, oh God. We sing praises to your name. But holiness is, more, is not something we say, essentially, but it is an attitude and, an, and a position of the body in response to the holiness of God, to the awesome grandeur of God, to the, to the mighty power. We looked last week when... When, the, when literal fire came down on Mount Carmel, they worshiped by an attitude of the body. 
We looked for, at four kinds of positions of the body last week. The first was worship as bowing the head or the upper body. The scripture references in there. Then another word for worship relates to the, the reaching up of the hands with the palms upward in expectation. That is worship. It's like, oh, you can't say it. You're just like, oh. And then the third is the kneeling or the bowing of the knees. The Hebrew word for knee is to bless, is related to the word to bless. So when you kneel, think, think to yourself, this is a way I can bless the Lord. I like the practical things we can do. I'm glad this is here to help me up. Uh, then the fourth kind of worship is to lie prostrate before the Lord, face down with hands outstretched. I want to say in these next moments when we worship, we've already said it, feel free to, to do that today. Feel free to come forward and kneel or, or, or lay before the Lord or bow before Him. All kinds of worship that have occurred throughout history, throughout the church, and happening in heaven right now as we speak. Roman numeral three, a few more things, a few more thoughts on worship, and then we'll worship some more. Paragraph A, God set his kingdom up in such a way that when we come before God, we don't just receive from him but we can actually give him things from our life. The church is kind of conditioned that when you come to God, it's what can God do for me? And he does want to do things for us. But when we come before him, we can also offer him. We can give him things. We can give him our thanks. He doesn't make you thank him. It's your offering. He doesn't make us praise him. You will you better praise me. No. It's an offering. We can give him our thanksgiving. We can give him our praise. And I think every day there's an opposer trying to oppose you saying don't give him thanks. Don't give him praise. Because the enemy knows we have a choice. We can give him our thanksgiving, our praise and our worship. Hebrews talks about it. Anybody remember the old song, uh, we bring a sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord? That's what we're talking about. It's Hebrews 13, verse 15. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Acts 13, verse 2 talks about what they gave to the Lord. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Notice there that as the prophets and the teachers of the church of Antioch ministered to the Lord. In other words, they, they gave him something. They gave him most likely worship and praise and prayer like we're doing today. Look and see what happened in this passage. What came as a result 
of that church's worship and praise before the Lord, along with fasting. It says they ministered to the Lord and fasted. So they did something in addition to fasting. They worshiped and they prayed. Look at the look what came out of it. The Holy Spirit commissioned the first great missionary outreach of the New Testament church. That came out of ministering to the Lord. Something marvelous was birthed out of worship. I believe God is still birthing marvelous things out of worship. So in the, ne- in, in the time here in a few minutes when we begin to worship the Lord, the Lord may birth new ideas, may birth new outlook on things, may birth new uh, ways of reaching out, may birth uh, new um, ministries, divine strategies. I believe he's going to do that. I believe that happens when we take time to worship. Paragraph B, let's look at a picture from heaven. The kind of worship that's going on in heaven. It's Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. This is what's going on in heaven. And it is includes three things in this picture of heavenly worship. Isn't it good to find out how, worship, how heaven is worshiping? It, what we see is a combination together of of worship, praise, and service happening together. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Now let me stop right there. Seraphim are creatures in heaven, and that word seraph comes from the Hebrew word for fire. So these are fiery creatures in heaven. They are in heaven right now. Above they stood seraphim, each having six wings. With two, each one covered his face. With two, each one covered his feet. And with two, each one flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Worship here is expressed in the fact that the seraphim covered their face and their feet with their, with their wings. They were, it was in reverence they covered their face and their feet. It was in awe. It was in worship. And then with the the pray, that's the worship part. Then the praise part was in what they said with their mouth. Remember I said praise is an utterance of, their, of the lips. They praised, they said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Service was expressed by their flying around. Fly, flying back and forth in the service of God. So I want you to notice the important proportions here. With four wings, they worshiped. With two wings, they served. That tells me, in my opinion, worship is more important than service in God's eyes. 
In fact, I'm holding the fingers up because you might even say that worship is twice as important as service. What would things be like? How would things be different in our life if we realized how important the, the worship was and then out of the worship, we then served? Those are the proportions that I, that I see there. You know, it might not look like much is happening when you're worshiping. Well, look at them. They're just kneeling. They're just doing this. But I want to tell you, as you do that, you are releasing heaven. You are opening the way for God to move through your worship. And then you can serve out of strength from heaven as you worship. Throughout Scripture, I challenge you, do a study throughout Scripture. Whenever there was a lot of worship going on, look at the supernatural things that happened afterward. How God exposed where the enemy was in an ambush and things like that throughout the Word. Notice also that worship in the picture here in Isaiah 6, worship comes before service. With four, they, they covered their eyes. I mean, with two, the eyes, two, the feet, and then with two, they flew and served. Jesus, when he was tested in the wilderness, he said, when Satan tested him, he said, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. That's the order. Worship, more important than service, and worship before service. Worship team, worship team, if you could come up. What that, I've been meditating on this, that worship, more important than service, that most of us understand, or I think every one of us understands hard work. We understand being diligent and faithful to our job or to our service before the Lord. It is possible for us to be diligent and dutiful in our service to God and yet our heart be disengaged and dis, dis, you know, distracted and disengaged from at the heart level from our, heart, our love for God. We can do things for Him and have our heart be disconnected. And as I was writing that line in the prayer room here this week, this is the song they were singing in the prayer room. They were singing this song as I, was, I wrote this. It's possible for us to be dedicated and diligent in our service to God while still being disengaged and disconnected at the heart level from loving God. And this is what they were singing. What if I know all the language? What if my faith can move the mountains? What if the lost come when I call? If my heart is disconnected from the greatest love of all. And he's saying, what if I can do all these things. What good is it if my heart is disengaged and disconnected? Would you, yeah, when you get ready to start, I want to share one more thing about worship. Because it's what I'm seeing the Lord wants to do today as we take these, these next 20 plus minutes to just open up our hearts to the Lord and welcome Him in worship.
I, I believe the Lord wants to release today two kinds of water in the spirit, so to speak. Hot water and cold water. And it's taken from the, the picture in Revelation where Jesus is talking to the church at Laodicea. You know, you, we've heard that before, right? I wish that you were hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. Well, it didn't. Jesus was actually drawing a picture that the Laodiceans understood. And I, Michelle, if you can put this up there. In the land of Laodicea, there was a city to the north called Hierapolis, and then there's Laodicea, and then there's Colossae. Hierapolis, about seven miles to the north, had hot springs of therapeutic healing water. 95 degrees is the temperature of the hot springs that come out there at Hierapolis. Laodicea was a very wealthy city, and they wanted healing hot water for their, for their aching bones and their muscles. So they tried to pipe in hot water down seven miles to Laodicea for healing. But by the time the water traveled the seven miles, it wasn't hot anymore. It was lukewarm. It didn't help. Colossae to the southeast, a little further away, maybe 12 miles, had ice cold water coming up. They tried to do the same with Colossae to pipe in the cold water to refresh. And Jesus is saying, like he said to them in Revelation 3, he was saying, don't be lukewarm. Don't look to somebody else to bring you the healing or the refreshing. You yourself, church, dig your own wells. Come before me and I will spring up. I will release the wind, the fire, the new wine. And I will heal. I will heal a broken heart. I will refresh with the cool water. I will heal with the hot water. The remedy for a lukewarm, compromising, Laodicean spirit, church, is that we take time to join the seraphim and we worship him and we welcome him and we allow him to flow over us. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's stand up to begin with. And anything else that you may, any other position of the body, I ask, Lord, now that you would release freedom in this place to come before you. I thank you that you said in Revelation 3, you stand at the door and you knock. And you're standing outside the church there at, Revel at Laodicea. You're saying, I want to knock. I want to come in. I want to come in and bring you the hot to heal and the cold to refresh. I want to dine with you. Open your hearts. 
and let me come in. It was 
again this chorus but I, I, I sense that there's so much worship that goes on in our society of other gods little g worship it comes from worthship and so as we sing worthy is the lamb I believe the Lord is going to release a grace for us to have no other gods before Him in our lives. Any little idols in our lives, things that we have placed on a higher pedestal or value above what they should be valued at. John said, little children keep from idols. first commandment, the Ten Commandments, is thou shalt have no other gods before me. And so it's a matter of us worshiping before the Lord, saying, worthy is the Lamb. Lord, would you do a work in our hearts right now? Get out all the idols. And the Holy Spirit will show you what they may be, just inordinate attachment or inordinate amount of energy and effort toward Let's do that.
like the Lord is doing a shift from four wings for serving and two for worship. He's shifting that to divine order in our hearts. putting worship and a desire, a heart. Even as Matt Redman wrote that song, I'm, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. There's, a, a, there's a, a shifting of the priority to, I'm not saying you, you take, you have to shift your time. Like, well, I spent two hours serving and what, no, it just, it's in the effort of, it's in the heart attitude of I'm gonna, I'm putting worship before I do, before I go into my day. But, but I ask just if you feel led to just put your hand on your heart. Lord, here's our hearts. Lord, would you bring us back to the heart of worship, the desire to not see worship as a something we got to do so that we can go into the day or into the serving but as our hearts desire would you just do sur- heart surgery right now and even as you're doing that would you there's some here that that uh, the lord's you're, the lord's giving you discernment there are certain things right now you've been carrying that you thought you're supposed to carry but the Lord's just saying, just to lay those up, you know, like, like you're carrying bags, uh, duffel bags or, or backpacks, and just, just let those off right now. As the Lord says, nope, just give that to me. Cast that care on me. Just do that right now. Just, he wants you to lighten the load of obligation by man or by, uh, some, by a, a somewhere in your mind you thought you had to carry those things and the Lord I believe is wanting to encourage you no I'm humble yourself before me and cast those cares on me for I care for you give those to him just kind of take a breath of the light the light yoke Jesus said my yoke is easy my burden is light Without any, just for these next minute or two or three, whatever, just no, no, uh, no singing with the mouth right now. But just where you are, if it's sitting or standing, just the position of your body. Let's worship the Lord.
We're asking for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to be released right now to, to, to bring divine ideas, divine strategies. It, it may just be a picture you have of, oh, or a thought. You know, I didn't think about it. I think I'll call that person and see if they have an opportunity there. Whatever it is, I'm not saying that's what's happening. I'm just saying, Lord, I ask for the release of your spirit that brings wisdom and revelation. Could be some things you've just really you've tried to like block out because you're just kind of oh if I think about that that stresses me out I don't really have the I don't have that solution I believe the Lord wants to give some solutions today He's such a master um, surgeon He so knows so knows us so well So Holy Spirit I ask that you would teach us. the lights come on. Yeah. Like our prayer teams to come forward. like someone to agree with you about any area healing refreshing for a lukewarmness say I'm, I'm lukewarm I want I want my heart to be set on fire again Holy Spirit I ask you come like fire. Inspire us. Release great love in us, greater love for you and for people. Just release you to come forward for prayer for, for many of them. And we'll just keep worshiping where you are.
Surrounds us. 
healed or there's been something a, a kind of a testimony that you would build up the rest of us just don't be shy you can share that filled with your spirit daily. Be being filled. So let's all just stand up if you will. Let's just receive the fresh, the filling of the Lord, the filling of the spirit. Even as in Acts 1, it says the Holy Spirit came up. Well, Jesus said, Terry, Jerusalem, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Just open your hearts to be filled. I think we have a testimony here. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so I'm out in the lobby, and none of the rest of y'all came forward. And I'm like, okay, this must be my clue that it's my it's my time to give a testimony. So um, <clears throat> earlier this week, um, <laughs> on uh, on Tuesday morning, I got a text from uh, Kyle, uh, he told me that uh, Jesus wanted me to know that I was qualified. 
And uh, so I received it. Um, I didn't really know what it meant, um, but I received it. And um, I was actually, uh, on Tuesday, I was out of town all day uh, on business. Spent the night out of town Monday night. And um, yeah, I won't keep you real long, but you can sit down if you want. <laughs> I'll, I'll, abbrevi- I'll abbreviate it best I can. But it, it is a, it is a, it's a really good testimony. Um, so I kind of let it just revolve, you know, it was like, you're qualified. Okay. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling especially disqualified, right? (laughs) But it's a good, well, I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't really get the full impact of his word until yesterday at the men's breakfast. And, uh, he was, he was sharing with me after the breakfast that, um, He'd had a dream Monday night that um, that I was being accused. <laughs> he wouldn't have had any way of knowing what had happened at my work on Monday. And some accusations, <laughs> I mean blatant accusations that were leveled against me on Monday. And... Uh, Fortunately, um, my boss had my back, but the fellas that accused me, um, what they had to say, they didn't even say to me, and they didn't even say to my boss. They said them because of a, a prior relationship, and they obviously felt like they had standing. They made these accusations to my boss's boss, who was blindsided. Um, again, fortunately, um, the, it, it did not negatively impact my relationship with my boss at all. And it kind of <laughs> opened my eyes to the reality of a situation where I had, you know, for a while had given someone the benefit of the doubt thinking, you're really not that much of a snake, are you? But as it turned out. And then what was really interesting was um, on Tuesday when I was out of town on business, uh, these two fellas were at the same meeting where I was all day. And uh, (laughs) so without trying to be, you know, overly dramatic and, and, and kind of exaggerate the validity of what Kyle said um, and how he reminded me of that but then yesterday when he put that in context about having been accused I was like you have you and so just like all day yesterday and even this morning when I was having my quiet time I was like God you're so good you care for us so deeply and you love us so well (laughs) you love us so well and so i guess maybe my testimony this morning is you know when because this is a, a community of believers where words flow and we know we have to check words right i mean we have to but when someone gives you a word i think it's probably prudent to just let it rest and let it revolve and 
Lord will show you if it's something. And I, I, but I just, I just, yeah, yesterday I just really appreciated this. Like once that was put in context, it became even more powerful. And so I just, yeah, so God is good and uh, he loves us. Can you stay up here? Amen. Let's all, let's all stand if you would. Can you stay up here and pray for us? I'd like us to stand and pray against that accuser of the brethren, that spirit of accusation. Because a lot of, a lot of times it's the same principle. And, and I'd like, I feel like, you know, it's kind of a uh, spread out thing. If you feel like you can, can we connect, connect together and just join hands in the, the row next to you and get, because I want you to pray for the person on your right and your left. As uh, if you feel good over there, that's fine. There's not a, a force, just be. But here's the thing. The accuser of the brethren is real. And uh, like just like if someone just got healed of something, you would kind of employ them <laughs> to pray for healing, right? Well, this came so dramatically. Um, and then I'd like Kyle, if you would, after he prays, I'd like Kyle for you to pray for us to be stirred in greater ways. That was a dream you had. One thing I've kind of noticed um, through, uh, Grace has a, a number of ways of the prophetic, but Kyle, do, you do get a lot of dreams and things, and I, I, I want you to pray for me to get more dreams, okay? How many of you would want just a little more of that, that language of the Spirit too, right? Your young men will see dreams, or well, old men will dream dreams, young men will see visions. So I'd like you to pray that. Wouldn't it be great if we could live this week accusation-free? Yeah. Like freedom from that. Well, you're this, you're that, or you're never gonna. And then, and then also to then go go with greater kind of tu tuned up HD quality listening of the dream life. Okay, would you lead us in prayer and then let Kyle close us? So, Father, we come to you this morning, Lord. Our hearts are, mm, our hearts are plowed this morning, God. <laughs> because we we know that um, while you died once for all on the cross, and you're never going to hang there again, the provision that you made for us, um, yeah, it flows eternally and. Uh, you are many things. You are our banner. <laughs> you are Yahweh Nisi. And your banner over us is love. And in your love, you cover us, Lord. And you cover us, Father, from accusation. So, Father, right now, I lift up every person in the sound of my voice right now, Lord. Every person that would be standing, sitting, kneeling, lying, that would, that would, that, that their heart would either either through their own heart or through the voice of another person that they would be standing in the place of feeling accused this morning. And I decree and declare over you today, just like my brother declared over me, you're qualified. <laughs> you are qualified. You are qualified, not because even of your own qualifications, but because the one who knew you before you showed up on this earth... <laughs> loves you and he's qualified you so you're qualified <clears throat> and so lord i bless each and every heart i bless each heart here this morning lord yes lord let us receive the abundant love that you have for us this day jesus name jesus name
Amen. Awesome, guys. And I'm going to pray for dreams, but right before I do that, I, I, uh, the dream was really vicious. Like, the enemy is vicious. <laughs> and it wasn't just attacking uh, accusation. It was accusing of motives. And that's really what we can feel, that disqualification. The enemy says, your, your motives are wrong. You're, are you really out for the glory of God? No, you are out for the glory of God. I just say that over you. That's what the Lord was saying. You're trying, you're making an effort. He's covering you. Whenever you feel that, hear that whisper from the Lord and that Todd just prayed is, no, I'm qualified. I'm qualified to represent the Lord. And um, as an as you go word, um, got up in the middle of the night last night and as clear as day, I heard um, almost like a British person, like a herald uh, would say, come me, come me, like here, a king's decree. So this was a king's decree and it was, uh, I don't have a, maybe I have a good British accent. Do I? I'll just say it normal. Well, that was the word. It was normal, normal, normal. I said, what, it, what in the world does that mean? And he says, and then the next phrase I heard was, find the ones with civility. I was like, what is, I kind of knew what civility was. And it's, uh, let me show you the definition here. Um, Find the ones with civility and tell them to cast that out. Civility is not, there's times for civility, but then there's times just to be totally free, like a, a cow who's been pent up for all of winter. They're not civil when they're let out. They're jumping for joy. They are free. They look foolish. They're wild. Civility has no place when the Lord is telling you to do something. You are free, free, free. And the world would say, be normal, be normal, be normal. The Lord says, this is normal, this is normal, this is normal. Your life of worship, when you're on your face on your break at work, when you're worshiping in the car and people are like, what the world is, is going on? That's normal. God's normal has never changed. The seraphim have never stopped being two-thirds worshiped. That's normal, normal, normal. So your life of what looks wild or not normal to the world is normal to the Lord. So civility is formal politeness and courtesy in behavior and speech. And obviously there's places for that. And we don't do it just to be weird. But if the Lord is telling you to do something supernatural, we're supernatural people. Dreams are supernatural. They're from the Lord. They're normal for the believer. Hearing little phrases in the middle of the night is normal. So I just bless, Lord, these precious people, your people, for your sake, Lord. I thank you for a normal on Pentecost Sunday of dreams. Lord, I thank you for your end-time language of speaking in dreams, Lord. And I know you're going to release them, Lord. So for any hungry heart for prophetic dreams, it was because of your love for Todd that you gave me that dream. Lord, because of the circle that everyone has around them that you love because of your people, release dreams to encourage, to uplift, to, to say the word of the Lord. Lord, and, I, and I, I pray for a courage on the back end of those dreams to step out and share it, to ask you for insight. Like I had to ask about Todd. I was like, wait, is Todd actually totally messed up? He's like, no, <laughs> he's qualified. So Lord, I thank you for the courage on the back end of these dreams to step out and release it. Bless these people with normal, normal, normal. You are normal in Jesus' name. Amen.